thankful for the anointing of the Holy Ghost that I feel in this place today. I was in prayer in the prayer room this morning, talking to the Lord. While I was talking to the Lord, I began to pray and was reminded about the story with the lady with the issue of blood. And we like to play with that verse a lot in ministry. Amen. Because we all know that folk have issues. How many knows everybody just deals with issues? We deal with issues in our families. We deal with issues on our jobs. Sometimes we just deal with personal crises in our own spirit. But I believe there's somebody here today that you've already partly won the battle because you made up in your mind this morning that regardless of all my issues, I'm not going to let my issues keep me from being in the house of the Lord. Come on, you're already halfway to your miracle in this place today. You've already showed the Lord I'm a little bit determined that I'm not going to let the things of my life hinder me from making my way into the presence of the Lord in this place today. And I want you to know God saw you. Amen. Get up and decide to move past your issues and make your way to God's house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. I, I'm sorry. I will not belabor the point. I, I, again, thank you, Brother Gene, for the honor of the invitation to be here today. Would you turn with me today in the word of the Lord? Amen. And I will not keep you standing long. Amen. Mark, the 10th chapter. And we'll also be turning over to Psalms 136 a little while here today, but Mark the 10th chapter and verses number 46, the Bible says, and they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried out the more a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Psalms 136 says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good. For His mercy endureth forever. Dropping just for the sake of time, going to drop down to verse number 26. And the psalmist says again, Oh, give thanks unto the God of heaven for His mercy endureth forever. Going to try to preach here for just a little while today, minister simply on the simple thought that mercy is still reaching. That mercy is still reaching. Amen. I just wonder in this place today, would you turn if it would be appropriate, lay your hand on the person beside you right now, and could we lift our voice 
amen, unto the Lord in prayer right now and ask His blessing, amen, in this place. Lord, we love you today. Thank you, God, for your mercy and grace. God that is in this place right now thank you Lord amen for the anointing of the Holy Ghost and the theme of your spirit God that is in this place right now God by the authority of the name of Jesus I take authority in this house right now over every demonic spirit that would try to hinder someone from a breakthrough in this house right now God I pray Lord according to the authority of the name that is above every name in heaven and earth God that there would be perfect liberty in this house right now God an apostolic ministry and anointing God loosed in this place right now amen and we give you praise in Jesus name could you clap your hands unto the Lord one more time in this place right now hallelujah 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 bless the Lord amen praise God you can be seated in this place today amen and uh Trying to make all of my greetings. I, I did fail to just greet all of my family that's in this house today. I've got a lot of folk, amen, here today that relation to. And and uh, uh, I've heard me preach, so I'm praying for you right now that God will give you grace. Amen. Honored to have my mom here with me today. Amen. God bless you. And I'm not going to name, start naming folk because it would take too long and I'd miss somebody. And then I'd have to send a letter and I'm not interested in all that business. <laughs> I was teasing uh, uh, my wife's extended family. I said, here you were driving all the way to Illinois, and the Lord still didn't see good fit to give you grace not to have to listen to your pastor preach. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Can I just start this message off today by pointing out what the Bible said in our opening text here today the Bible says in verse 46 that Jesus and his disciples came to Jericho and it say and I want you to notice what the Bible says it says they came to and went out of Jericho amen and the Bible says amen that in the in the process of the passing through Jericho amen if you read in the white places today you will notice that in the coming to and the going out of there was no recorded miracles in the city of Jericho that day even the miracle that we read about today happened as Jesus was on his way out of Jericho Amen. But what a disappointing statement to have to recognize that Jesus came to and went out of Jericho. And within the borders of that city, there was no recorded move of God. No recorded miracles. No recorded demonstrations of the power of God. And could I tell this great revival church that I'm privileged to preach to in this house today that it is not the will of God for the Lord to come to and go from this place and there be no recorded miracle sign or wonder in this house right now but I believe on the inside of the four walls of this revival driven church that somebody in this place today came with a desire to see God amen work a miracle that somebody came with a desire to see somebody filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost surely we can testify in 
in this house today that surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. And if God is in this place, I can tell you today that he's here to do something for somebody. I want to I want to direct your attention today and I'll be honest with you if that'll be all right I hope it's all right I'll be honest with you I, I, I'm, I'm preaching an old title <laughs> but it's not an old message it's had to pull back I, I was praying and talking to God about this service and the Lord reminded me of this message title but then the Lord had to go back and he opened up a little bit of his word. i just be honest with you, I had read Psalms 136 a lot. Amen. I, I mean, I've read it several times. I even preached from the context of that psalm before, but somehow in just trying to read it and understand it with its uh, specific uh, melodic line, if I can say it like that, and, and structure of its verse and course, uh, somehow I just overlooked a message that was so uh, uh, definitively uh, placed by the hand of God in that psalm of 136. And while commentaries tend to lead the authorship of that psalm, amen, to the likelihood of David, when you open your Bible and begin to read, the Bible does not specifically say that it was David, amen, that penned that psalm. It does not give specific direction to its human penman, but yet in the absence of that named human penman, it does not take away anything from the psalm itself, but it reminds us all the more, amen, of the understanding that at the end of the day, these words on the pages of this Bible are the inspired word of God that was penned by holy men of old as they were moved upon by the Holy Ghost Amen But yet the structure of this verse In this psalm is structured in such a way That as if God is trying very much To connect its readers With the understanding that this psalm is written To communicate something about the nature Of God himself In fact I really get the feeling that as equally important as it is to you and I to understand what God was trying to say, it somehow seems to matter, amen, just more importantly, it just seems to matter to God, amen, to God himself, amen, that the part of his nature that is recorded in his psalm somehow be established equally, if not more equally to all the other parts of the nature of Almighty God. Psalms 136 has 26 different verses of Scripture that each highlight a place in the timeline and storyline of the knowledge of God. But yet each of those 26 verses is definitively and precisely brought back to one element of the nature of Almighty God. That no matter how far back you go in time and no matter how far ahead in time you would try to go, 26 times God communicated this one message in this one psalm concerning His nature. 26 times God repeated a message over and over and over again. It was this simple message that my mercy 
say endureth forever. As you travel, as you travel through the script of this psalm, and each line begins to open revelation and understanding about the power and nature of our God, it is as is God is saying in such a way that no matter how much revelation and no matter how much understanding you come to gain about my wisdom and about my wonder, about my power and about my promise. It is as if God said over and over again, don't ever lose sight of and don't ever forget to be reminded of, of this part of my nature that my mercy endureth forever. Looking just a little closer at this psalm today, I thought, Lord, help me do this psalm justice today because repeatedly God breaks this psalm down, constantly going back to the thought of his mercy that endureth forever. And at times, I'll just be honest, I, I just got tempted, Lord, I'm just going to oversimplify this. I'm going to break this thing down too far. But then I realized that if it mattered to God so much, amen, to repeat, it, repeat himself 26 times in the word of God, amen, it's not going to hurt his feelings if we look at this psalm really close in this Bible study here today, amen. Looking at this psalm just a little closer, understanding its divine inspiration, we see God lead the psalmist to carry us back to the foundation of the world where he begins this message of mercy in verses 4 through 9 the psalmist declares that this God who alone doeth great wonders and this God that by wisdom made the heavens and this God that stretched out the earth above the water this God who has this kind of creative authority to hang the sun moon and stars in the sky and hang the sun to make it rule over the day and the moon to rule by night that is the same God that is in this house that I'm talking about to you today and that same God with all of his creative power and wonder he said I want to remind you that that same God is a God rich in mercy oh hallelujah I mean... I want to preach here just a little while today because what God was trying to say in this house is that mercy is not some new idea. Mercy is not something that was recently invented. Amen. But when God raised up the mountains and carved out the valleys, I want you to understand that when he raised up the mountains and carved out the valley at the foundation of the world, mercy was there. When God created the birds of the air and the fish of the sea and the cattle of the field, mercy was right there. When God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into him the breath of life, mercy was there. Somebody hear me today. Sometimes we as the church 
so captivated by certain elements and parts of the nature of God. You can become so, so captivated and enfranchised with God's creative power and authority to do all these things. That if we're not careful, we can somehow alienate ourselves to a very part, a very important part uh, to the nature of Almighty God. And God said, I don't want you to forget that I am your creator. I don't want you to forget that I am the God and the engineer and the architect of everything that you see. But while you are reminded of all of those things, remember, I am a God of mercy. Come on, let's cup our hands unto the Lord in this place right now. Then God, through his psalmist, pins us, through the, the pen of his psalmist, he moves us hurriedly hundreds of years forward in verses 10 through 15 in extremely short form. He begins to tell us the highlights of a God who delivered his people out of the bondage of Egypt. He begins to tell the highlights of how with a strong hand and a stretched out arm, he began to work to bring them out. And while the psalmist communicates to us in such short form, I want you to understand what God was trying to say in that psalm because we love to preach about the awesome power that God has, amen, to bring us out of our Egypt. We love to preach how God used the nine plagues, amen, to demonstrate his ability in Egypt. Somehow we love to preach about how that God swallowed up the armies of Pharaoh in the Red Sea but God wants somebody to know that that same God that delivers that same God that brings you out is a God rich in mercy that same God that same God who was rich in an enduring mercy that heard the cries of grown men and women who were oppressed by the taskmasters of their life. It was that God of enduring mercies and promises that sent a deliverer to lead them out of the oppression of their life. It was that same God of mercy that endureth forever. It was that God who caused that strong wind to blow and begin to make a way where there seemed to be no way. It was a God who is rich in mercy. I want you to understand we can preach all day about how God is a deliverer. We could preach, and there's a lot of preachers in this house that could probably do a lot better than I'm doing right now. But we could preach about a God that's got the power to bring you out. But yet I remember over and over and over the psalmist said I can't change the words that I'm trying to pin on the page. His mercy, His mercy, His mercy. 
endureth forever. No wonder Exodus chapter 15 and verse 11 says this, Who is like unto thee, O Lord? Among the gods who is likely glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders. That stretched out thy right heart, that, that stretched out thy right hand, and the earth swallowed them. Thou in thy mercy has led forth the people which thou hast redeemed, and thou hast guided them. I'm not going to try to wear us out in this place today, but you hear me. I could continue down this song. I could talk about the God who led them through a wilderness place. I could talk about a God that empowered them to possess the promised land. I could talk about a God that sent his angels before them and gave them advantage over their adversary. I could, I could go on to talk about a God of the New Testament gives us the ability to become new creatures in Christ and be given an inheritance of the kingdom of God. I could talk about a God who has encouraged me, who's picked me up when I was down. I could talk about a God who was my provider. And God is all right with you knowing all of those things, but in the midst of all those things, I am a God. Of mercy. But it all, why is this so important today? Because I'm going to tell you right now. Most people in this house, regardless of the need that you had, you didn't come in here today wrestling with the idea about whether or not God is able. Get on my helper right now. Somebody hear me right now. Some of us that need God to do a miracle in this place right now. You didn't come in here questioning whether God has the power. But I could probably walk up and tap somebody in this place on the shoulder. And you would say, my struggle is not with my faith in God's ability to provide. But my struggle is trying to understand if God will do it for somebody like me. Nobody in this house right now is questioning God's power. God's power is not on trial in this house right now. Brother, over four, I don't know, depending on what kind of theology you believe, I'll just tell you right now, somewhere over 4,000 years ago, God hung the sun, moon, and stars in the sky. Amen. And we don't have any question about God's power because when he hung them there, guess what? They're where he put them today. Power's not on trial. But can God, more importantly, will God do it for me? 
he's talking to Brother Bryce about this morning. What are you talking about? Brother Bryce? I'm going to tell you something. You can roll forward. You can get all. You can get out of Psalms. You can get out of the Old Testament. You can dial all the way forward to Mark, the 10th chapter. The Bible says that Jesus was on his way out of Jericho. And the Bible says that there was a man sitting by the, hay, the highway side by the name of Barnabas, the son of Timaeus. And I want you to notice that when he heard Jesus was coming, Barnabas did not begin to petition God's power. He didn't say, God, show me a miracle. He didn't say, God, show me that you're able to open my eyes. He didn't say any of those things. But the question that overcame his spirit is, God, can you show somebody like me mercy? I'm not the, smart, I, I'm not, I'm not the smartest guy in the world. I, I, I get that. Really do. Anybody, anybody else feel like that? You, you got 36 years of trying to get here, and the older you get, you figure out the less you know. See, I, I love that about, I, I remember, I must be somehow transitioning a little bit out of youth, but not too much. But, <laughs> listen, I, I, I remember those years as a younger man than I am. That you get to that place, Brother Kelly, that, all of a sudden, you somehow know more than anybody else that's got something to say to you. <laughs> and you get to that place that all of a sudden that your judgment and your ideas, they supersede, they supersede anybody that thinks they got the authority to speak in your world. And you get to that place where just one mistake after another begins to show up in your world. And you just go, well, I'll figure out how to do it better, different. I'm still not listening to what he's got to say. But you finally get to a place where something begins to shift in your mind. And you say, I've been trying to do this for a little while now. And I figured out it's taken me a long time to figure out how to do just a little bit right. And it might help me a lot of years ahead if I'd start listening to somebody that's already been there. job listen to me listen the Bible says that a blind man by the name of Bartimaeus listen to me I I I, I what I was trying to say well goes I, I try to be smart but I try to do a good job I, I I try to open commentaries and 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 I get out my Android phone and I open up my Bible apps and I pull out uh, uh, my free fares dictionary because I don't know even where to find to buy one and why buy it if it's free and so I got this free Thayer's Dictionary, and I get this free Strong's and coordinates. It's pretty cool stuff, brother. And you get in there, and you start opening up. I, I like opening up folks' names in the Greek, and I like opening up folks' names in the Hebrew. And 
I, I like to understand with it because a lot of times they'd, they'd marry their name to a, their, their kid to a name that was directly per, portrayed and painted to the current situation in their life. And maybe I don't understand everything about Thayer's dictionary, but I'll tell you what, you open that up and you look up Bartimaeus, and in one place it just simply says the son of Timaeus. But somewhere over in the right, somewhere over there in the right, Brother Gene, there's some parentheses. I would be satisfied today if I can just reach somebody who feels like you're living in a set of parentheses. That life for you is just somehow paused until you get your next answer. But you hear me? In, in, in one little definition, it said he's just the son of Bartimaeus. But in those next set of parentheses, brother... Something else was painted that wasn't so pretty. Simply talk about the son of the unclean. Paints a little different picture for Bartimaeus, doesn't it? Because now he just went beyond just a blind beggar. But now he's got something, a stigma, a reality in his life. That he wants to overcome just as much as his blinded eyes. I'm fixing to mess with some of you right now. Because you can look in your Bible. I thought, well, if that's what the name of Bartimaeus meant. I scrolled down. I said, I want to know what his daddy's name meant. And I looked up Timaeus' name in Thayer's dictionary. And Brother Gene, it says his name meant highly prized. Now, I'm going to tell you something. We live in a world today that is extremely just brutal. We live in a world today that families sometimes feel broken beyond repair. We, we live in a world today that, it, 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 that, that, that you can find yourselves in elements that, that life will be okay with hurting you and stealing from you and casting you by the wayside and be completely comfortable with what it just did to you. If I'm wrong about all this business, your pastor can fix it when I go. But listen, think about, Sister Jean, think about what Scripture might be implying here. Because I would almost bet there are young men and maybe even young ladies under the sound of my voice that feel like you were raised in a home that you could never quite do good enough to be the apple of daddy's eye. You could somehow with everything that you tried to do, every choice that you made, somehow you would find yourself in that position where your daddy would look at you and just say, God, I wish you'd just get that right. I, I wish you, can you not do better than this? Come on, don't you know who your daddy is? 
Timaeus, his name meant highly prized. Can you imagine what, what could have happened in that young man's home when, when daddy gives, he's given birth, his mama's given birth, his wife's given birth to his baby. And Timaeus, this highly prized man of God, this highly prized Jew, looks down and the Bible doesn't tell us how long Barnabas had been blind. Doesn't tell us if it had been that way his whole life. And yet he got his name from somewhere. you imagine I, I know I know it's going quiet right now because I think it I think it's somebody's listening to what I'm saying right now can you imagine Timaeus this highly prized individual picking up his son and he sees his son's blind now I want you to understand something what that means because in Jewish culture there were some Jews that had some weird ideas that, folk, that thought folk would be blind and deaf and mute or crippled because of the sins of their fathers. Somebody made a mistake, and that's why. What a, what a terrible view of God's grace. But they, they had this superstition that something, somebody did something wrong, and now all of a sudden, Timaeus is going to have to carry Barnabas out in the public, and they're going to say, hey, how's your boy doing? And Timaeus is somehow going to come to grip with the term and say, he was born blind. And all this social stigma begins to crouch over that family. All of these elements that nobody ever has to have to deal with now thrown in their world. And you can compound all these elements into Bartimaeus' life. I don't have social status. I ain't got a good family. I'm just a blind beggar living by the wayside. If you'd look in my spirit, you'd see a man that struggled to ever make his daddy happy. Man struggled and ever made his daddy proud. Everybody thinks that I did something wrong or mom and dad did something wrong. That's why I was born this way. All these different elements weighing on Bartimaeus. Say, what does all this have to do with, Brother Colt? Because God, hundreds of years ago, tried to bless the church with a message. That my mercy endureth forever. And you got to hear me right now. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus was coming and began to cry out, Thou son of David, have mercy. He was looking for more than blinded eyes to be opened. He was looking more than just a good pat on the back. He was looking for mercy. All of his petitionings, in all of his petitionings, you hear me. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy. 
I want you to understand, I don't know what happened in Jesus' ears at that moment, but I think there was a gear that switched on because he understood that when Bartimaeus, amen, wasn't just looking for another blessing, and Bartimaeus just wasn't looking for another miracle, but when he called out, have mercy, amen, the Bible says that Jesus stood still. Because he was reaching back into the nature of God himself from the foundation of the world. No wonder the Bible says that he was the lamb slain from the foundations of He began to cry, can you have mercy? Can you have mercy on somebody like me? I want you to understand for somebody in this place. The Bible says, brother, when he began to petition mercy, when he began to petition mercy, Jesus stood still. The music will come. I'm not going to keep preaching much longer here right now. Somebody hear me. Jesus stood still. You know what he was saying? Bartimaeus. Yes. I can't have mercy for you. I can't have mercy. For somebody like you. I don't know who. I, 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 don't, I don't even know enough folk in here to even speculate. I ain't trying to speculate. I gave, I gave that up a long time ago. But I will almost bet that there's somebody in this place. That somehow. You and Barnabas feel like you got something in common. You and Barnabas somehow struggle with the same question. I don't wonder if God can. I just wonder if he'll do it for somebody like me. I ain't got prestige. I ain't got image. I don't have family heritage. In fact, if you could say it like this, and I'm going to tell you something. Some folk battle this a lot. The Bible says that Barnabas was living on the outside of Jericho. And you could say it if you'd want to. You could picture the picture like this that Bartimaeus felt like he was always living on the outside. Anybody ever had to deal with the feelings of I'm just an outsider around here? I feel like I'm the outsider at home in my family. Nobody understands what I'm going through. Nobody understands what I've been carrying around. Nobody understands how I have bled beside this highway. Nobody understands. You better hear me today. I'm not trying to preach long, but I don't want anybody in this house to believe for one moment that this preacher is trying to minimize your pain. For somebody in this house, your pain is real. 
for somebody in this house, the hurt, it does run deep. You do feel like they cut you and wounded you and walked away. Some of us feel like we've been cast by that wayside and then they walked away and never looked back. I'm not going to ask anybody to raise your hands in this place today, but I just wonder who's in this place under the sound of my voice. I don't know why God carried this message here today. But I know he quickened it into my spirit. And there's somebody in this house. The hurt still hurts. You still lay down at night and find yourself letting tears cover your pillow. All you want to know is can God have mercy on me? I've got one good answer for you. The answer is yes. The answer is yes. He can heal you. He can mend your wounds. do it he can do it listen to me I'm fixing to close but somebody hear me right now some of you are struggling to love I know that didn't come come through real clear with high definition audio right now. Maybe some other issues. Blocking your hearing right now. But somebody in this house right now, I kind of felt it in my spirit a while ago. The Lord kind of nudged me and felt it in my spirit that somebody right now, because of some stuff you've been through in your life, it's hard for you to love. You... You hold family at a distance. They hurt me. Sir, can he heal you? I got a good answer for you. And that's fine. Uh, Brother Dalton, you're getting way down too close to the the nitty-gritty when you start talking about me having issues of letting love
revolution in my life. I don't know who you are. I want to find you right now because God wants to heal you because as long as you struggle to love your family and as long as you struggle to love God and as long as you struggle to love your brother and sister in the church, you're going to struggle to make it to heaven. What does the Bible say? How can you love your father whom you have not seen if you cannot love your brother whom you can see? How can you embrace your God? He questions if you can't embrace those that have wounded you. Brother Dalton, this is all, man, you're, this is ugly right now. I'm sorry. Well, I'm really not sorry. Because for some of us, until we, until we stare ugly in the face, we just keep it hid in the closet. Come on, until somebody brings it out of the closet for you and shoves ugly right in your face. You'll come to church and just say, Preach it, Pastor! Preach it, man of God! But yet, anointing is not free to move in your world. Because you're hiding your wounds, but you refuse to let God heal them. feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost right now. I got news for somebody in this house. Mercy is still reaching for you. I think we ought to stand together all over this place right now. This is what I'd really like to do. I want someone to understand right now that, that God does not need to make a spectacle out of your hurt to heal you. God does not need to release a spirit of prophecy in this house right now for me to call you by name and begin to uncover all your hurt. That is not what God needs. But what we need is the ministry of reconciliation to begin to work in this sanctuary. What we need is for our brother and sister who can say that I've been there, but God healed me. And I'm going to pray for you. There's people under the sound of my voice. You know God has talked to you. If you feel like your only answer is to make your way to an altar, that's fine. 
we'll be glad to pray for you. But I need the help of the body today. I need the body of Christ that's in this place to work in the gifts of the Holy Ghost that edification can happen all across this house. What I need you to do is to turn to somebody right now that it's appropriate. If you want to step out of your eye, out of your chair and find somebody that you feel like you'll be received by. But somebody lay hands on somebody beside you right now and somebody begin to pray. Somebody begin to minister to somebody in this house right now and just let them know mercy. Mercy! Mercy! is here for you right now. Come on. Nobody looking around. Come on, every eye closed. Come on, those that had tears in your eyes, I challenge you. He's here for you right now. Healing is here for you. Come on, I've seen so many people sitting in this place. Tears in your eyes because heaven was talking to you.